friends and welcome to the secret podcast in service of change where we challenge reality question that which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change i'm your host dennis nappy the second with service of change where you can read my book for free i am human and we are not who we think we are at serviceofchange.com slash i am human today's show once again my friend and the author ray davis is back on the airwaves with us we will be continuing our discussion which started last week about the discovery of planet nine and now we're going to be talking about the anunnaki and other uh, ancient myths surrounding an advanced race that was here on the planet earth in our prehistory that uh, is only whispered about right now but I think that uh, it's a growing understanding it's a growing movement right now and people trying thirsting for knowledge in this area and Ray offers uh, some great pieces to that puzzle I'm really excited to get into this discussion with him uh, you know this evening so before we do that I just want to direct you back if you haven't done so already please Go to serviceofchange.com, sign up for the secret newsletter. You'll get access to read I Am Human for free. And it's it's a great read. It sets the foundation for everything that I'm talking about here in anticipation of the next book, Food for the Archons, which is underway. You also get some exclusive content from me, which is great. And I encourage you to join the discussion as well. If you go to the uh, serviceofchange.com page, there's a forum tab up there. Click on that. It's going to bring you to the Goodreads page where, you know, there's going to be links to every show. But more importantly, there's going to be uh, a spot there for commentary and feedback and people just to go back and forth in a forum and have an open discussion uh, about the the content that's going on in the show. Uh, It's a newer feed right now, so uh, the numbers are growing. I I encourage you to join it and share your thoughts on uh, on what you think about the show because that feedback helps me just to make it a better show. And I enjoy talking and learning, uh, you know, from all of you out there. So please check that out at the servicechange.com page. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to cut the uh, commercial short here. And I just want to jump right into this discussion with Ray. So I'm going to go ahead and, and bring Ray on the show, and we're going to be talking about the Anunnaki. Ray, welcome back to the show. How are you this week? Doing well, Dennis. How are you? Uh, very excited to get into this discussion. It's one of my favorite things to talk about, our, our forgotten past. So tonight we're going to talk about the Anunnaki. So I, I'm just going to leave it to you to kind of give us a background here. Okay. Well, um, you know, I'll start at a really basic level because there may be listeners who are not familiar with this or maybe heard the term once or twice before. So the Anunnaki basically um, were the ancient Sumerian gods. So while you may have um, in your history books in school read that the um, ancient gods and a lot of the uh, pantheons in the ancient world were all mythology and um, they weren't real beings, it's just all metaphor and that kind of thing. 
Um, a gentleman named Zachariah Sitchin, um, beginning back in the 1960s, did an extensive analysis on the cuneiform tablets of the ancient Sumerians and found that um, their writings seemed to indicate that these were real beings that came from the sky, um, that um, came down and genetically engineered human beings to work for them, and um, basically ruled over us as our gods for um, some lengthy period of time in our prehistory. And so, um, you know, as opposed to being just myth, like you might have heard in, in history classes or things like that, we, we, uh, we have beings that apparently were real, that the people understood as real entities. And then I think, I think, in my opinion, what you see in a lot of the pantheons and other civilizations across the Middle East and the Mediterranean is a retelling of these gods. And that's why I think um, when, this, when, when the historians and the archaeologists came across the Sumerian um, information, which really wasn't until the late 19th century, they were very already steeped in Greek and Roman and Egyptian history, and they, they really didn't think they had found anything new. Um, and I think what Sitchin's writing basically talks about is that we're talking about the really the genesis of this information about these beings, and that when you get into these other cultures, sometimes we're, we're, we're talking about a retelling, because you'll see parallels among these gods um, really across the, the spectrum. And so you know, the, the writings indicate that they created us to be servants, to be slaves, that they had um, a particular purpose for coming here initially, which was to mine gold um, that they needed for a planetary crisis on their planet, and that they stuck around for some period of time after that, which I think is, um, uh, you know, debatable whether or not they left or not. There's some people that talk about them coming back. I, I would um, contend that maybe they never left. So at a really high level, that's an overview of who they were. Now that, you know, to people that have done this research and, and looked into this, that's, you know, it's like, okay, par for the course, I've heard that before. But if you're, if you're new to this type of stuff, you know, to me, the first time I heard something like that, number one, I was like, no way, you guys are crazy. I don't want to hear about that. But once it sank in, that possibility, my mind was blown. And I started thinking about it. And I, I've listened to various other speakers talk about this. And one of the things that sold me on this was uh, on the possibility that there was at least a higher influence was that, was it 6,000 years ago when Mesopotamia or Sumeria was, was emerging? It seems to have come out of nowhere as far as their culture, their science, their writing, their laws. Is that correct, Ray? That's true. In fact, they are, I, I forget how many they've identified, how many um, you know, firsts in history they had, but it, it, mm -hmm. it's astounding. It, I mean, it, they went from hunter-gatherers to modern cities, basically. Basically, you know, Overnight. fully developed culture with writing and law and, and all those sorts of things that just were not. Um, there's nowhere in the prehistory that indicates that there was anything that was about to emerge like that. And, and there was no gradual. I mean, we would expect that to be a gradual process of evolution of, of just human intelligence, right? I mean, they, I, I don't know the, the actual mathematical figures, but now they're saying, you know, we're advancing at such a rapid rate. What takes us five years to do would take us 600 years to do, you know, a thousand years ago or whatever as far as our progress. But not back, not six thousand years ago. It just, it just exploded into this, this massive culture that then just started to spread. And you talked about how this mirrors in other cultures. And, um, you know, I, I quoted him before, and it's just because I'm reading his book right now. I'm so excited by it. But Graham Hancock's Magician of the Gods, you know, he talked about this as well, and he talked about the parallels of, um, you know, he called them the the seven sages that went to the four corners of the earth and were spreading this knowledge from what he says was the old civilization. He he's not talking about you know the Anunnaki that came down. His, his claim is more that there was um, at least as far as I can tell an advanced civilization here on earth 
12,000 years ago, which who knows, they could stem from the Anunnaki and they could have, you know, their civilization could have been wiped out. But then they said, hey, let's go repopulate everything. And they started sharing this knowledge. I mean, the, he talked about the Maya, you know, with Quetzalcoatl, who came to them and gave them their culture and their knowledge and their information. And then he left. So, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of uh, corroborating evidence out there when you start looking at these these other ancient cultures, like you mentioned. Well, and I think you hit on it, you know, first of all, I'm also a big fan of Graham Hancock. And I think you hit on something really important there. And that is, is that, um, you know, Graham's research has been very much in the area of the idea that there was an ancient civilization, human civilization or earth civilization that, that predates our civilization, that a lot of that knowledge that we have um, bubbled up somehow from there. And I, I, I think it could be both and, honestly. I think, um, it, I think there may have been multiple civilizations on this planet that were indigenous to this planet. Um, I think where the Anunnaki come in is that in this go around, this current go around, you know, after some catastrophe or something happened where that civilization was wiped out, um, I think, you know, the story that the Sumerians tell at least um, is that, you know, these beings came to Earth. Um, they tried to work basically the mines and the things they wanted to do here on the Earth themselves. And, and you know, they just weren't really into that at all. And there are very few of them. They needed more labor. So they came up with this idea of taking the, you know, what we might call uh, pre-humans, that kind of thing, and, and basically, you know, genetically modified them part with their DNA, part with ours to give us the intelligence and, and the other things that we need um, to do the, the tasks they want us to do. Um, you know, and it, to me, it just makes more sense than um, evolution. If you look at what evolution is saying happened and how humans got here. Um, they talk about a common ancestor at some point in time that we have with, you know, chimps, orangutans, and apes. And, um, you know, my, I've joked about this online with people, but it's, it's kind of like, okay, in the, you know, however many millions of years they think it's been since we broke off, um, what they've achieved is they still live in trees. They still um, don't dress. They've never built a city, never built a spacecraft. Right. Um, they have a lot more hair than us. They're 10 times as strong as us, and we're 10 times as smart as they are. Something happened to us. It wasn't just we drank better water or <laughs> there was yeah. something had to happen that, that put us on a not just a different course, but a whole different trajectory. And to me, that's where we see evidence of this, um, this intervention from a higher you know, order of, of, of being that was interested in us being as, as, as uh, advanced as them, but needed more advanced being than they found here to do the, the tasks they wanted us to do. Well, that's kind of, you know, I, I, I like the, the saying as above, so below. I mean, that's kind of what we do. We exploit lesser intelligence or we perceive as lesser intelligence. Let me clarify that to do our dirty work when we don't want to do it anymore. So uh, that, that's a, a, a high possibility um, and it makes sense to me from, I mean, we've never found this missing link, correct? I mean, again, this is one of those topics where there's <clears throat> so much information and everybody listened to, wow, that sounds like I could believe that. Oh, that sounds like I could believe that. There's so many conflicting, so much conflicting data out there, but it, have we uncovered a missing link so we can show a direct lineage from ape to man? Uh, <laughs> I, well, I would say no. I'm sure that there, there are people out there, you know, very esteemed people like Richard Dawkins or folks like that who would say yes. But I, I, I would argue that no, we have not found that missing link. We have not found, um, in fact, I, I would argue if you go in the broader animal kingdom, you take any species, dogs or whatever it is, and you go back that far back, you don't see any, any breed of dog that just leaps and bounds above all the other dogs became way smarter, way more capable. I mean, you just don't see that. 
Well, you you do when you start looking at the human intervention and the human crossbreeding and the human basically genetic manipulation of different species and interbreeding to try to get certain traits to come out more. Exactly. You know, and, and that is quite possibly what happened with us, maybe just on a more scientific mm -hmm. uh, level. Huh. Just things to think about for our listeners out there. Again, you know, um, we, I want you to do your own research. Keep an open mind. Look at you know, look up the the uh, the information that Ray is giving us here, um, a wealth of information there. And at the end of the day, it's just an an entertaining subject to get into and try to study. But I always think it's of the utmost importance. Until we figure out who we are, we're never going to figure out where we where we're going. And that's the the core of my research. We need to understand who we are to understand where we're going for our future. Um, so so Ray, you think that that the you know the Anunnaki may have influence on us today still? I do. I, I actually don't believe they ever left. Um, I don't think that they are necessarily ruling the earth, but I do believe that they have continued to have um, a say in what goes on. That's kind of kind of the, the, the route I follow in my book is that that they are still basically from a distance controlling us through what we would call, you know, our elites. And we hear that a lot on our planet about, you know, a small group of people who basically are kind of making a lot of the decisions for all of us and that kind of thing. And, 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 you know, at least this is how, what I hypothesize, you know, I don't have uh -huh. complete evidence of this is that, that perhaps um, where that came from was, you know, when the Anunnaki decided to leave or, you know, leave en masse, they basically left, um, you know, certain people, originally, I think they were priestly classes in charge and eventually the political kingly classes also kind of got a piece of that. And that's what we see now. But if you go back to the mythologies of all these ancient civilizations, um, you know, there's always this secret knowledge that the priests had that nobody else had. Only they were allowed to go into the temple. Only they were allowed to interact with, with the gods. And um, you see these, uh, you know, Joseph Campbell talked about this a lot in his writing. You see these mass killings, ritual killings of whole kings, of kings and their whole courts, you know, on, on a ritual basis every so many years and this sort of thing. And I, and, you know, speculation, but I'm, I, it, it seems to me like someone left a, system of control in place um that, and you know when when you look at these civilizations and their writings they all tend to point to the gods and say we're doing this because that's how it was in heaven as you say mm -hmm. um so i you know there's just you know it's it's circumstantial but it's all over the place when you begin re reading these ancient myths you start seeing um you know th they're saying that they got these practices and these ideas from the gods that's that's amazing to me, Ray. You know, and I, and I spend so much time trying to think about this. Uh, you know, day in and day out. You know, the influence, the past, what happened to the remnants of that? Because at, at a bare minimum, here's what I do believe: is that someone much more advanced was here before this current incarnation, this current world. I think something bad happened and decimated this planet, and I think someone survived. Now, you know, not just Sitchin, but, you know, the, the people that I've, I've looked into, like Michael Tessarian, Robert Morningsky, you know, they, they talk about this advanced civilization coming from another planet uh, and then coming down and influencing, um, you know, the Garden of the Eden story they have ties to. Michael Tessarian talks about, you know, the, the Atlanteans and the, uh, the Order of the Snake. And, and when I hear this and I think about some of the old Bill Cooper tapes and he talks about the um, – uh, who, who is the old the, the mystery schools and the old religion it, it all ties in it, it gets a little muddy trying to understand you know well what do these elites what's their position what's their stance when I could when you listen to different people talk 
But it sounds like that knowledge ties in somewhere to, to that idea that someone came from somewhere else who was much smarter than us, who influenced us. At some point, there was some kind of a rebellion. That rebellion has kind of been quelled, and then we've been handed religion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a real quick summary of it. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, and there, yeah, there's there's no doubt that there's whether it was a, a previous civilization or or you know extraterrestrial civilization. There's no doubt that these. Um, Secret societies, and I, and I, and most of them really came. This is what I would say from the priestly tech classes of the ancient cultures. I mean, you look uh-huh. at things like Eric von Donneken pointed out in, in you know in his first book, Chariots of the Gods. He was talking about you know, there there were mathematical numbers that um, Hindu Brahmins were were expected to memorize as a part of their training that had no meaning until the computer age, because we're talking about things that were out to like three hundred decimal points and things like that that would have had no meaning. Right. To, um, Back at that time, only when we got to the computer age would that kind of a number have had any meaning. You know, we have stories of uh, in the Hindu texts of um, what the surface of the moon looks like. Um, we have stories of what appears to be nuclear war on the Earth, and and this idea in going back to Sitchin, this idea that Enki and Enlil basically fought a war. Um, they had um, you know tribes of humans basically that they ruled that fought against each other, and we have this this war that happens. Um, you know, we find evidence around the world of that kind of thing. And I think I think the question we have to begin to ask ourselves, you know, a, a lot of our modern um, intellectual way of thinking is as well, you know, these are uneducated, unscientific people and they had a bunch of myths and that's really nice. It's all a bunch of stories, but maybe we should start looking at these people as eyewitnesses to events and not, you know, just unscientific, unsophisticated people. I think you know, you know, if you had one culture saying these things, maybe that we could write that off and say that was myth. That you don't. You have culture after culture after culture. Right. And where did where did our gods come from? Well, they came from the stars. You know what? All these things happen. They came and they gave us culture. You know, we have incidences of of these advanced technologies and knowledge and things like that that they just should not have had if we're talking about this slow, linear, one-time evolution on this planet. So. You're absolutely right, right? And you know, you're reading my mind on this one here. I mean, number one, if so many cultures are telling a very similar story and they're separated by thousands of miles and oceans and mountains, and there's no way for them to actually talk that we're aware of anyway, why are they all telling the same story? You know, is, does human consciousness happen to just evolve and work in the same way? Well, that's possible, but I just think that the evidence points that there's there's more to it. You know, the, the pyramid thing. Well, that's just the most logical way to build a pyramid. I don't know. I, I don't think that that's how I would build a, a structure, you know, because I don't have any engineering understanding at all. But I, I just think that's kind of a an easy way to debunk something that where there might be more to that. And why not explore that more? Why is that so taboo to say, hey, maybe there's something more to this? What what do we have to lose by understanding that? That's what I don't understand. Well, I, I think, you know, if, if I think this would be less threatening if it was all back in the past, but I don't, I don't think it's all back in the past. And I'll, I'll give a good example. So, you know, and I, I mentioned this, referred to this earlier, I think of, um, you know, if you look at the Old Testament and Genesis and, um, you know, so much of what we see in Genesis, the stories, and I'm talking about before Moses, because, you know, the um, modern Christianity, modern Judaism, modern Islam all believe that Moses wrote that early part of Genesis and it was dictated to him by God. But when you look at the ancient Sumerian texts, um, you realize that a lot of those stories came directly from the Sumerian texts. In fact, in some cases, as we you know all joke in this field a little bit, they didn't even bother to take the let us um, out of the out of the verbiage, you know, um, yeah, yeah. In terms of, of multiple gods and things like that. <laughs> And, and it's Abrams being 
called out of Ur, that's a Sumerian city, at the time of this crisis when their civilization was falling apart by some god that he knew, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, this wasn't a god that was a mystery to him, even if you go into the ancient Jewish texts um, about, um, about this, there's more than there is in the Bible about this story. I mean, he apparently knew who this god was. So my hypothesis is this might have been, must have been, one of these Sumerian gods, one of the Anunnaki, um, who's now kind of decided to go on his own. And if you look, there's a lot of stuff in Genesis and Exodus about, I'm the only God. I'm the only one. There's no other one. Quit worshiping the other gods. It's all It's all me. Yeah. I think you have to convince people who have been used to worshiping a bunch of, well, wait a minute, you know, five minutes ago, we were worshiping all these other gods. No, it's just me now. Right, right. And that was a defining moment for me in, in my studies. You know, when I sit there one day, I'm going, you know, worship no other gods other than me for I'm a jealous God. And I'm going, wait a minute. I was taught you were the only God. That's what I, you know, in my Catholic school, you're the only, uh, there's only one God. And then I'm thinking, but why is he saying, I'm, if you're the only God, what do you have to be jealous about? So that really got to me. And that really kind of started the wheels turning for me. And if, if you're listening out there and you're kind of on the fence saying, yeah, I'm starting to have these questions, just do your own research and never stop asking questions. I say at the end of every show, never stop asking questions because that's where you're going to start to find your answers. You're going to find more questions as well, but you know, you're going to, your path is going to start to be a little bit more cleared as you're, as you're walking down that, uh, that journey. Ray, I want to go on forever with this, but we're just about out of time. So let's take about another two minutes. Just give us any final thoughts or takeaways or next steps for people that are, are interested in this. Well, I, you know, I would say, you know, like, like, Dennis just said, go do your own research. Don't believe me or Zachariah Sitchin or anybody else. But I think it's really important that you, you know, a lot of people are tied to a particular book that they, you know, owe an allegiance to at this point. And, and I think it's important to broaden your horizons a little bit and look at these other texts that are out there that were written by people, um, you know, who may have been eyewitnesses to these events. And, and, you know, look at the bigger picture and not just get caught up in a kind of a parochial view of the world. Um, you know, you're, everyone's free to draw their own conclusion about, you know, what the truth is from that. But I, I just would encourage people not to deprive themselves of that op- opportunity to go out there and, and learn about this stuff because it's fascinating at the, at the least. And at the most, it really might change your world worldview. Great advice, Ray. We want everybody out there to be a truth seeker and to go out and, and just try to find your own answers and make sense and be willing to have that open discussion. Be willing to listen in order to share you know, what, what you have uh, come across as well because that's the only way we're going to move forward. We're seeing too much, too much conflict and fighting. I'm right. No, I'm right. Just have an open mind. Just have an open mind and, and, and you know, take what you can, learn what you can, and uh, discard the rest. We don't have to be angry about it. So, Ray, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this uh, two-part series that we've done. Uh, One more time, give your uh, contact information, your website, your book, for our listeners out there, how they can get a hold of you. Yeah, so the first book in my series is called Anunnaki Awakening Revelation. And uh, anyone can get a signed copy of that book by going to aatrilogy.com. And then if they would like to contact me directly, um, they can do that via email, uh, solarflare, S-O-U-L-E-R-F-L-A-R-E at gmail.com, or come and visit me on Twitter or Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. I have a pretty active page there. Um, Anunnaki Awake is the backslash after facebook.com. Fantastic. And all of Ray's contact information will be in the show notes at serviceofchange.com attached to this podcast. Definitely check his stuff out. His, uh, 
his Facebook feed and everything, he's a very engaging author and people comment and stuff. He's always right there getting back to you and just has some really great stimulating discussions. So if you enjoyed this, check out his stuff because I, I think it's going to open your horizons and welcome you into uh, a whole other community of people that are looking into this stuff as well. So Ray, thank you so much, my friend. I have thoroughly enjoyed this discussion and uh, we will do this again sometime as, as uh, things continue to develop. Absolutely, Dennis. Thank you so much as always. All right. Take care. And I also want to say thank you to my listeners out there and my readers. I really appreciate your continued support, whether you're on SoundCloud, iTunes, on YouTube. Uh, you know, please keep the likes and the comments coming along. For those of my readers that have been sending me emails and comments, uh, thank you so much. I am working on getting back to you. It's been a busy week, um, but keep them coming. I love uh, the discussions that we have going on, and I am forever grateful for everything that uh, that you guys are doing. If you're new to the show, please check it out, servicechange.com slash Human, where you can read I Am Human and we're not who we think we are for free. And I encourage you to please sign up for the secret newsletter. We'll get that exclusive content from me. As I continue to work on my newest project, I Am Human, Food for the Archons, it will promise to be an insightful and informative book. That's all the time I have. Again, a big thank you to my friend Ray. This was an awesome, awesome conversation. Uh, again, I look forward to the future and what it holds for you, my friend. Uh, that's all the time I have. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been the Seeker Podcast with Service of Change, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning and keep an open mind. Thank you. Seekers.